0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Ness and podcast. You have me, Jerry, Diane, and Clarissa. How are you, lovely ladies, doing?
1: All good, you guys. How are you guys doing? Same old, really?
0: I'm all right. The weather's looking up and mm-hmm. it's been really nice. It just makes you want to do nice things. Um, so, yeah, just been making sure that me and Noah are going out as much as possible, We're going for walks, baby groups, making the most of what's left of Matt Lee. Mm-hmm. How long have you got left? It sounds long, but it's really not. And I've still got until August, but that time is literally going to fly by. Yeah,
1: like,
0: for real. He's seven months this week, and I can't believe it. Where has that time gone? Crazy, isn't it? It's, time is flying, though. I feel
2: like 2022 is going quite quickly.
0: Because mm. we're free, or inverted commas, free. <laughs> yeah. it's Like, we're not free. under lockdown, but we actually can't afford to put petrol on our cars, so... Here we are. (laughs) How about
1: you, Diane? How's things?
2: I'm not too bad, you know, just getting on with stuff, keeping busy. And I think similar to to what Jerry said, the sunshine definitely makes the difference. It's a typical British thing. Oh, my God, the sun's out. Everyone's smiling. But it's true. It does change the mood. It does make you feel brighter. Mm. Um, And our clocks are going back. Back? Forward? Which one is it?
0: Back, but losing
2: uh, the hour. Yeah, what? actually no, no, forward. It
0: springs forward and falls back. Yeah, so it's going forward.
2: Yeah, it's going forward, I think, on the 27th. So you know, we're really now our, our proper in spring now. So
0: yeah, good. I can't lie, winter hasn't been as bad as it usually is. Like we haven't had snow. you
2: know what? I think it's global warming though.
0: No, no it, probably, it, right. it
2: probably is Because has it even snowed? Really? This is what I
0: mean. Like usually by now we're still wearing thick jackets. Yes.
2: There's been no snow this year. I, well, am I forgetting wrong? No, no, no
0: hasn't there hasn't been. Well, not here in London. No, no. How are you, Clarissa?
1: All good, all good. Just same old, really. I think the British weather has made me um just a bit more optimistic. I started to go gym. First. I saw. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Started to go gym, but I mean, let's see how long I keep it up for. Hopefully, I do keep it up.
0: <laughs> you will you will indeed but yeah
2: wow so this week this week this week we are tucking into two quite juicy topics I would say yeah um, the first one we're gonna start off with will be endometriosis and um, namely because March is endometriosis awareness month so if you've been following us for some time I think we did a special episode is it last year
0: yeah I want to say last year yeah
2: Yeah, my God, it's like ages away last year, where I spoke about my journey and my experience as someone who does have endometriosis, stage four. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just wanted to, again, highlight that this is um, Endometriosis Awareness Month, March, and just talk briefly about what endometriosis is, um, you know, symptoms, kind of how it can be managed, and I guess different treatments. And maybe I might touch upon how I've been since we last spoke about it.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll I mean, you've got some
2: experiences. Yeah. Um, so, in a nutshell, endometriosis is basically a condition where tissue similar to the lining of the womb starts to grow in other places, so can be such as your ovaries, even you in your fallopian tubes. Um, it's a condition that is really poorly diagnosed and is about mm-hmm. a 10 year wait before some women are fully diagnosed. Mine was also about 10 years before. I was confirmed that I had endometriosis. It's really shocking that like, it takes that
0: long to get a problem to like get a diagnosis. Because yeah. like, you know? people are literally suffering yeah. for ages.
2: Yeah. You know. And the thing about it is I guess the symptoms are so similar. Someone that just has painful periods. And I say painful periods in inverted commas. Um and a lot of the time you're kind of just told, you know, periods are, su- are supposed to hurt. So you just deal with it um but I of mean all... they're supposed to be uncomfortable
1: we're well, not to the point where you're doubling up in pain and affecting your daily activity I think that I think that mentality towards periods is just not right yeah how
2: I can they just respect. say I, I think agree it's with you. well sorry go on no, I was gonna say I completely agree with you
0: yeah but I think it's just people's ignorance especially when it comes to well men and people Man. who just don't have periods, yeah, yeah, because they don't really know what we actually go through, no, in terms of like the pain, and the pain is different. Pain is relative; it's different to everyone, yeah. And maybe someone has a very low pain threshold, at the same way Diane or Clarissa can be someone that has a very high pain threshold. Like, it really does vary. And who are you to tell me how much pain someone someone's in, or how? how who are you to tell me how much pain I'm in? This is it, you know.
2: Is that clear? Um, so in the UK, around 1.5 million women are living with endometriosis, regardless of race or ethnicity. And this is a condition that can affect you from puberty right through to menopause. Uh, definitely has an impact for life, I would say. Um, so how it kind of works, obviously you have your menstrual cycle every month and hormones are obviously naturally release, which cause the line of your womb. To increase to prepare for a fertilized egg more time if you're not pregnant your egg won't fertilize and basically what happens is your lining will break down and bleed and what is supposed to happen is then that is a period so that is then released from your body and you bleed so of endometriosis those cells in the lining of the womb grow elsewhere in the body so basically what happens is the cells react to the menstrual cycle each month they you also bleed but there is nowhere for the blood to leave the body, which then leads to the inflammation, the pain and the formation of scar tissue. So that's basically endometriosis in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. So what I would say in terms of like the impact it can have on people's lives, it's things like chronic pain, fatigue, lack of energy, depression, you know, issues of your sex life, relationships and inability to conceive difficulty to work you know not fulfilling certain obligations or commitments that you've made um so it does affect you a lot even when you're not on your period in that in that moment it has an impact I would say for sure and
1: um, there are four type there are four stages to endometriosis isn't there as well
2: yeah yeah
1: so I was just reading here so um, there are four in endometriosis at stage um, in regards to severity. So stage one um, means there are a few um, implants or small wounds or lesions. This basically talks about the tissue. Um, so there are a few um, small tissues or small lesions around the body. Actually, no, wait, hold on. Let me correct that. There are a few small lesions and they may be found on your organ or the tissue lining of your pelvis or abdomen. There is little to no scar
2: tissue.
0: Isn't this um, kind of similar to fibroids?
2: It is similar. Okay.
0: Um, And
1: then there is stage two, which is mild. And there are more tissue implants than stage one. There are also deeper in the tissue and there may be some scar tissue and then you got stage three which is moderate there are many deep implants dash lesions you may have small cysts on both or one ovaries and think and thick bands of scar tissue called adhesions and then there is stage four which is severe this is most widespread. You may ha- you may have many deep um, implants, tissues or lesions and thick adhesion adige, ade- I can't say it adhesions, and there are also large cysts on one or both ovaries. So I do know from experience on the Gani ward, um, we used to have many women come in with um. They used to come in for surgery, keyhole surgery to kind of get rid of the tissue and the scar adhesions, which might be on the bowels. Um, some of it can be on the bowels. Some of it can be on the outside of the womb. Some of it can be on the outside of the bladder. And the the surgery is to relieve the symptom it's not to cure it, but it's to relieve the symptom of um, the severity of of the endometriosis by removing the tissues the excess tissue
2: there isn't a cure is there no there isn't. is no cure for endometriosis it's
0: just it's it's just mad because it just seems like it's a debilitating condition that again takes forever to be diagnosed but there's a lot of people out there suffering with it Especially this is why it I guess, just can't be especially if it's not just like within the womb it can be on the other other organs as well
1: yeah this is what I find confusing though I'm pretty sure I mean it's not it's not what I think it's proven there are many more women out there who actually do suffer from this so why does it take so long for it to be diagnosed it's they make it seem as if it's so hard to diagnose I don't believe
0: it's that hard to diagnose I think it's because they want to like differentiate between people that have, like Diane said, painful periods and more going on. Mm. But then it's like, like you said earlier, painful periods should not be painful. Yes, they can they can be uncomfortable, but they ideally should not be painful.
1: No, they shouldn't.
0: Like you can't be doubling up in
1: pain or you know, at the point where it's affecting your daily activities and it's debil- debilitating, that that's when you should really raise an eyebrow and be like, okay, like yes, pain is subjective but it shouldn't affect you like that
0: I, I also feel like it may quite, quite please tell me if I'm being from wrong but I'm only understanding a lot more as we get older as we've gotten older because it seems to be spoken about a lot more because I do agree with Clarissa, like there's probably like loads more women out there who have who have this condition and don't know or are just living with it without finding out because they don't know they can actually go searching they just use this that like, every time their period comes it's they're an excruciating pain all the other symptoms that they may have associated with it they're just like oh I just have to deal with it
2: no definitely I think you're kind of conditioned to feel that it is gonna hurt it's a period it does hurt and then there's this element of when you go to the GP and the pushback is just giving you hormonal treatments or giving you methylamic acid, transamic acid. So you just keep going back and you're if you're kind of met with this wall of well, this is all we can do, this is all we can do, you do become a bit defeated and you just kind of get accustomed to, well, this is the norm. Mm-hmm. This is what you have to do, essentially. you get what I mean.
0: Yeah. It's just really a shame, a big shame that this has to happen. Because it's it's just madness that in this day and age, in 2022, it's still taking like 10 years to diagnose. Right. With all the technology and stuff that we have, it doesn't exactly. make sense. But I feel like this is where people just don't believe us when you say something. Oh, I'm having pain mm. periods. I've got this sort of pain. I've got this pain. Or I feel like this. I'm like, oh, it's so fine. You're just, you know, just womanly things. But, no, like, how far do I have to push before someone actually looks into this? Mm. Because if we compare it to... Obviously, it's very different to, let's say, cancer. But, like, there's certain things, you know, like, they say, if you've had a cough for three weeks go to your GP, it starts the ball rolling. Why do we have to wait so long mm. and go through so much?
1: Yeah, for real. That's yeah. a good
0: point. Like, why,
1: I don't know... Um indications if you have a painful period and it affects you in this way going to the gp not there any signs that do that
0: mm. yeah like Diane I have a question for you yeah would you say that all your periods since you've started having periods have been painful like the same level of pain or has it gradually gotten worse over time
2: I feel like initially like as an 11 year old they would come and you'd feel a bit of pain and it's it goes so I wouldn't be very aware of them mm. But I'd say like from 12 up until even now, sometimes they're excruciating. They're very painful. Um, But because it's just an element of you just deal with it. I would just deal with it. I wouldn't really talk about it. I wouldn't share. I would just, I'm not feeling well that day. And I think, and and that would be that. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, the way I knew that my pain was becoming unmanageable is when things like paracetamol, Ibuprofen, Feminax, Buscapan, weren't working. And I was like, all of these drugs that I can buy, but they're not getting on top of the pain. You know, then I started to think something's wrong. Like, it's too painful. Then when my sister started her periods, and I was like, well, she's not in that much pain, like I am. Mm -hmm. Mm. So why is my, like, this is weird. Like, surely we're born of the same mom and same dad. So why is our pain so different? Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, and just how debilitating they were and can be still be made me feel like okay, yeah, you know, this is this is too painful to function. Mm. I can't function like this. No, that makes sense because,
0: like, I'm thinking because like, I was um, I was investigated for it. I think just after we finished, yeah, just after we finished uni. Mm. and it turned out I didn't have it but there was no rationale for my painful periods but then with different sorts of contraception and things that's kind of changed how things have gone Mm. Uh, yeah but it's like
1: Um, what what investigations did you
0: have me Mm. um I went to see a specialist for it and like they did some scans and then I ended up having the keyhole surgery to see if I had it or not
2: Mm.
0: and then they were like yeah you don't have it and that was the end of it like no more investigations to find out why your periods are so painful Mm. nothing it was literally we come to the end of the road with you now next it's sad But, but that was over a long period of time though yeah a long period of time
2: those are the things that are quite frustrating because like for me I got to a point where I wouldn't want to go to the doctor because I felt like they can't help me And they can't understand the level of pain that I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. So why do I keep going to them? Yeah. Um, So that was a challenge because you go to a doctor to help you. You go for them to support you, to offer you some kind of a solution. But they had become really negative to me in that way. Was your
0: your doctor a male or female? He was a male. Do you think... Okay, carry on. I'll ask my question after.
2: Um, So... He'd known me since I was a child since I was born. He'd been my doctor since I was born.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But again, I just felt like every time we'd gone to see them or gone to see him, they just would troubleshoot. We've done this and we've done that. And it well, it's this and it's that. There was never any, okay, let's refer you. I had to push for that. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to push to be seen by a gynaecologist because I was like, I'm 21 now. This can't, so That I was the last year of uni, I can't keep being like this. How am I going to work if yeah. I'm this big every single month? Physically mm. do my job. My job is physically demanding as well, you know?
0: It's mad. What I was going to ask is, do you think that because your GP was a male, was a man, sorry, um, that kind of changed the focus?
2: Yeah, I think that had a part to play.
0: Mm. Um, and I think also the things that like we see like about black women and maternity and things like that, like they say, like, that there was that like, whole notion of black women don't feel any pain. Do you think that ever came into play with it? or
2: I think there's an element of that. Maybe not from him.
0: Not from him personally, like an unconscious bias. But I think
2: overall, yeah. Overall, And even culturally. Yeah. Culturally, it's expected that, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, it's going to hurt kind of thing. Mm-hmm just get on with it um and I sometimes feel like yeah in ser- with certain professionals the expectation
1: is she can deal with it she can handle it she can manage I mean Th- that that is just so if they if, if they think that she can manage that is just so stupid yeah That's absolutely beyond me it's just how the hell can someone think that And then another thing that I'm the thing you said something that he kept troubleshooting saying, but we've done this and we've done that. Okay. So if you've done everything and nothing has worked, then shouldn't that be a prompt to refer? Exactly. Because they've done everything that they can in quotation marks. So shouldn't that just be a prompt to just refer Then Why would you then just be like, okay, we've done everything like that's just quite ignorant. Like, you know, you haven't done everything. He haven't referred me to a specialist. And I think there's one thing one thing I know about being a healthcare professional, you can never actually say you've done everything.
2: Mm, mm, Or that you
1: know everything or we've done everything for you. Like you need to just keep finding ways and refer and refer and refer until you've exhausted all options. You can't just be like, Oh, okay, I've done everything in my remit, so that must be it. No, No,
2: definitely agree with you. And I think That's why it's so hard to not trust professionals. But if you have to fight so much to be heard, at one point you give up. Hundred percent. You get so frustrated with the situation that you you know. Hence, why you see women become depressed because Mm -hmm. they're in this cycle of pain that no one else is trying to understand, and no one understands the full impact that it has on you on a day to day basis. They don't. They're not feeling what you feel
0: exactly they're just going it based on like a tick a, a checkbox for them whereas you're actually living it you've got all the signs and symptoms going on like you're worrying about fertility and all these other things whereas to them it's just a tick box t- a tick box exercise yeah when all these things really do cross your mind
2: oh 100 definitely
0: and that, that's like well they cross your mind even if you don't have these things you want to know that things are are somewhat secure so when your time is when your time is there to reproduce, you can do it and it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I sometimes think that that's also, it's like, what's the right way to say it, good and bad point. So because of the whole fertility linked to endometriosis, sometimes that's the main focus, mm-hmm. is the fertility aspect of things. But sometimes people forget just the day-to-day day living with it is also an issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because like if you're in a lot of pain... You can't work. You can't think straight because your whole body is out of sync. Yeah, You know, you can't eat certain foods. You have to change your lifestyle in a type of way. You can't join in with certain enjoyment. You have to plan your life so far ahead and uh, and accommodate. Okay, those two days, I'm definitely going to be in pain. Like, I'm not going out that day. Or I can't travel on that day. I can't get married around that time because my period will have come around this time or that time. Mm -hmm. Or... You know stuff like that. Other people don't have to think about. You have to think about.
0: And what would you say mainly takes the toll on you mentally?
2: I think it's the fact that you every time a period comes, you anticipate it's going to be painful, but every time it comes, the pain feels like a brand new pain all over again. Mm, any anyone who has new, who has endometriosis or has any kind of gynae condition. But even fibroids can cause you a lot of painful periods. Mm. And it feels like a new pain every month. You feel like you've never experienced it before. So that is one thing that is always like a shock to your body almost. Yeah. Um. And how quickly your mood changes. Because I'm the kind of person, generally I'm quite a happy, positive person, I would say. Um, But the switch between being happy and crying and feeling low and feeling down it's like night and day when the cycle come when it starts Mm. and you just feel awful you do I mean you start kind of hating your body and questioning why are you in this kind of pain why is it so bad for you you know why can't you be normal these are the kind of things you're asking yourself um and a lot of the time you're not really sleeping because you're in pain you're not eating because you're going to vomit you're back in painkillers, left, right and centre. You have a headache because you haven't slept. Your legs are hurting. Your back is hurting you. You want to go to the toilet. You're looking at the blood in the toilet. Even just seeing blood in the toilet can be psychologically a lot for some people. You know, even if you see it every month, just looking at it and looking at it in large amounts can make you feel sick. Um, so, yeah.
0: I agree. I will say, guys, I'm really. I'm apologising if you can hear Noah in the back. He was asleep, and now he's decided to wake up and grace us <laughs> with his with his input on this. So if you hear okay. him, just pretend like he's not there. No, but no not- like it's a lot, Diane, and I just think it's it's mad that. I know I keep saying it, but it's mad that it takes so long for it to be diagnosed. Look at all that when you see all the things that you you go through per month. Yeah. But then, again, please quote me if if I'm wrong. I feel like people also coincide with polycystic ovaries, and I know they're very different. Mm,
2: mm, mm. People do. People do like to cross between the two, and they are very, very different. Um, I don't know very
0: much about PCOS. I couldn't confidently talk about PCOS. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, I, I know they're just the same. Yeah, I just feel like people always think like they're all one, whereas they're very different things. Because mm. if I'm like I'm, I'm not very knowledgeable on the gyni stuff. But PCOS is more to do with the fallopian tubes. Um,
1: is to do with the cysts, cysts that um the ovaries develop during
0: ovulation. Okay, so then, so, and obviously, endometriosis is, is in the in, in blah, is in the endometrium.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah. it's the endometrium lining that's um, placed in different areas in the body. Yeah,
0: it's just um, it's just madness. That's-
1: I was just looking at a link between depression and endometriosis, and a BBC BBC survey found that fifty percent of those suffering with the condition had anxiety or depression um some may rely on addictive painkillers due to the anxiety of ongoing pain um majority said it badly affected the relationship education and career
0: like that's pretty much what diana said like yeah toll on literally everything like you've got to physically find like i couldn't imagine planning a wedding and being like okay I can't do it roughly this time of the month because of my period
1: yeah and then there's another page which I think what I like about this one it literally explains the different reasons why it would cause anxiety and you know one of the reasons are taking a long time to receive a diagnosis coming to terms of diagnosis changes to lifestyle dealing with chronic pain and other symptoms, hormonal treatments, which can affect mood and emotional well-being, unsuccessful treatments and reoccurrences that may require ongoing treatment, dealing with possibility of infertility, um, lack of support and understanding, financial problems such as treatment costs, taking time off work for surgery, and thought of when is the pain coming and how painful it is going to be. Well, you said treatment costs. I'm guessing
0: this page is not from the UK. Uh, no, this is Australian. Okay, fair enough.
2: But I mean, I mean to talk about treatment costs. So of course we know, in this country, in terms of the treatment options that are available for women, here, mm-hmm. tend to be a laparoscopy. Yeah, um, which is done to kind of investigate, and, and that's what they have to do to confirm you have endometriosis. And mm-hmm. um, so normally you'd have like what we call a transvaginal scan just to kind of check inside your womb and have a look and see if there's any cysts and things like that. Um, they can also treat you with, with hormonal medication. So that's the pill, um, the pill, you can be given the implant, the injection and the Mirena. And obviously then you have surgery, which, which is the laparoscopy, which is the most commonly used one, which is mm-hmm. like laser ablation, which is what I had where they would go in and kind of like burn away
1: laser
0: away
2: the cysts essentially. Um, mm. And a last case scenario would be a hysterectomy, um, to removal of your your womb potentially. Um, now, privately, there is a surgery called excision surgery, which excises the endometriosis as, as instead of laser ablation.
0: Okay, but
2: it's quite expensive privately, of course.
1: What yeah. What does that treatment do? Which one? The private one. the The one that you just mentioned. What What? How does it work?
2: So basically, with excision surgery, what it does, instead of it to... So laser is like burning it away. Mm-hmm. And with excision, they kind of cut it away. I think that's the best way I can describe it. Okay. Um, now, with the laser ablation, if I remember correctly, is the issue is that that scar tissue can... More enemy just can grow on top of it. So sometimes they say surgery can make it worse.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Um, with the excision, they're cutting it away which they say has better long-term impact than having it lasered, for example.
1: Interesting. You would hmm. automatically think laser would have been a better just by the sounds of
2: it, yeah. Yeah, because essentially it yeah.
0: would be burning it away.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, so excision, as far as I know, is not offered in the NHS. Um, you usually get a laparoscopy laser ablation. Um, And I have, there are some surgeons who specialise in endometriosis and specialise in excision surgery, but they are private.
0: If you had private healthcare and, or had the money, would you have it done?
2: Yeah, I would. I would. I think I'm at a point where, so I'll give you an example. Actually, I've got like a price point here. Where does it go? So complex endometriosis surgery, where is it now? Um, gosh, la 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 la. Looking about laparosc- 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 laparoscopic excision, mm. a bit of the bladder. From what I can see here, they're roughly saying five thousand five hundred and seventy
0: nine pounds. Wow, yeah, that's a nice extortionate,
2: yeah.
0: Toy about is that should be offered on the NHS.
2: Mm. Yeah. and how useful it can be exactly
0: because um, if you're seeing that by doing the laser ablation and nothing not nothing but you can see that there's other things working in this favor would you not go for the better option
2: yeah and you know if you look at like something like I've looked at private clinics a lot especially as I've become older hmm. and my own money and think about my lifestyle and my desire to have children and also just general life of not being in pain forget you know the children yeah. well, just the life of them, the pain mm-hmm. but again you have to you know you add those things up so for example you know you need to have a pre-consultation ultrasound scan that's 290 pounds for that scan then yeah. the consultation for that after that is 395 pound okay we now to
0: take this into account in the uk
2: so now standard surgery so listen not the cost i'm giving you standard surgery which is um, laparoscopic excision of endometriosis is 5,570 pounds. And that's just standard. And if you then want, if it's now complex surgery, whatever, this one is called robotic excision of endometriosis is 11,375 pounds. Now these are, I think, estimated, estimated costs, but roughly how much, you know, you're looking at. Okay. Wow. Um, and again, this is the best of the best. This is the endometriosis clinic in London so you know you're going to be treated by a specialist and things like that but again who can afford that in who this current climate from um again because of that I can speak on myself personally my health insurance does not cover me for endometriosis because I already have the condition and the clause in my insurance was don't declare it for two years then we can put it on your insurance so it means sitting for two years and then after two years, keep putting you on there so that I can then get treatment, Does that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So sure. is that? Does this also mean you can't go to the GP about it as
2: well? So I can go to the GP about it, but I feel like it can't be... How do I explain it? Actually, no, you're right. I don't think I can go and talk about I go to a health professional and get, seek active treatment for it yeah for like the two years yes which is unrealistic because if i'm for example if i want to think about having children Mm. and i might need support i have to go to the gp yeah i have to go to my gyne or i have to speak to my endometriosis cns i have to get that support so that's difficult if that if this was when i was younger fine before i knew if i even had a diagnosis fine but then I think what makes me angry is why should it be like that?
0: Yeah.
2: You know, I, I, want, I, I, I want to be able to have the best care. I don't want to keep having surgeries, you know, and you go in and you have a surgery and then you think you're better again and then boom, you're in pain again. No. And, you know, surgery takes its toll on you, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally.
0: Yeah.
2: And When you see those kind of prices, you just think, oh, my goodness, like how, you know, where would anyone get that kind of money from? <laughs>
0: I'm actually in
1: shock Wow. i, I think the the two-year wait before it can be put on private health care it doesn't shock me but it's just, that but it's is just so unrealistic. Money, it? yeah, yeah. that's just so unrealistic and how can you expect that from people yeah exactly boy um and in regards to um treatment options so i was just reading here that obviously there's no cure but the treatments are to manage the symptoms and um i think you mentioned that um some of the treatments do consist of hormonal contraceptives like the pill and the marina from your experience have you noticed a difference on the pill have you tried the marina yet and is the marina something that you would try
2: so I was given the pill immediately after surgery to start yeah. taking, um, and to me it was pointless because I feel like I was giving my body more hormones, mm-hmm. and I was in a lot of pain. Like when my period would come, I was in agony. Like I had to be helped to walk across the room sometimes because it, I was
1: still, it still didn't help the symptoms.
2: No, it actually made it worse. And I, I remember my first period after surgery. I was in so much pain. I was crying. My dad was holding me. And I was like, why did I even have the surgery? Like, this pain is the same. It's not different. It's the same thing. Mm, was it
0: pain from, like, the general thing? Or was it pain from... From the period. From the period. Because they've the cleared period. away. Because, obviously, I'm guessing there would be pain anyway. But, like, if they've burnt some of the ends off...
2: You know, do you know what? There wasn't... Like, the pain was internal, Mm-hmm. so when I woke up my bum hurt so much like I'll never forget that feeling my butt was like as if someone had been up there and that like, was ramp had rammed something up my bum it was so <sighs> mm. I remember waking up and saying my bum hurt so much like it really really hurts. so she's like yeah they were they had to they were they were there basically were up there whatever um so it was the internal that hurt more than the physical because physical was just obviously the incisions yeah so I could mobilise, you know, I, I had told you it was a d- day surgery. I was in at, there by eight, home by one, like it was very quick. Um, but that first cycle, oh my, i never forget it. It was so painful. I was vomiting, everything. It was just like a normal period. So being on the pill, though it stopped me having periods, there's times when I'd have like a breakthrough bleed. And that would be really painful, like excruciating.
1: Well, um, did you, just like your did you take the combined pill with estrogen and progesterone or was it the the progesterone-only pill?
2: I think it was combined to begin okay. with. Right.
1: Because um, that would be the first-line com- yes. uh, contraceptive pill for endometriosis.
2: Yeah, so I think I was on the combined to start off with. Uh, and then I must have gone to, like, is it the pop?
1: Mini pill, yeah, the progesterone only pill. Yeah, then I went on to that. Um, but it was just
2: yeah. So when you, just for my
1: curiosity, you know, when you said you had the break, like you were on the pill, it didn't give you the periods. But when you had the breakthrough bleed, when you had the breakthrough bleed bleed, bleed <clears throat> sorry, my voice, did it hurt just as much as the previous periods as well?
2: It did, and I and oh. I it hurt it hurt just as much. And Mm. I was just passing a lot of clots at the time as well. Mm. So for me, it wasn't helping. It was making it worse. What Um, a shame. You know, it was making the pain so much worse. To a point that I then stopped taking it completely.
1: Well, Um, yeah, naturally you would, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah. And when I spoke to my CNS, I remember saying to her, this is not actually treating the endometriosis because I still have it. It's just stopping me having a period so I don't have pain. That's how I was seeing it.
1: Yeah, it's more for symptom management, isn't it? To stop the periods or to reduce it.
2: Exactly. I didn't feel like it was really helping me. Mm. Um, And she was, you know, great about it, but then was offering me other options like the implant, the injection and the Mirena.
1: From experience... I would have gone with the injection of a implant because the, I mean, the implant is good, but I always tell my women um, the third rule. There's a third of women on the implant that will have prolonged bleeds. And there's a third of women on the implant that will have irregular bleeds or spotting. And there's only a third of people that will have no periods, but, a lot from what i've been seeing, a lot of people have been coming in to remove the implant because of the prolonged bleeds so but i probably would stay away from the implant just because of how unpredictable it is whilst mm-hmm. with the depo injection you may have a bit of spotting and bleeding but a lot of women do actually say they don't get periods so but i would go with the depo well,
0: n- knowing is, what i know we like, what if you don't want to go on contraception? What if you don't want to be on contraception? What so, other methods
2: are there? Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so we had this discussion, in fact, with my CNS mm. about, the, about the different choices of things you could use. And I was very much against the injection.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: And my rationale was to her was I've never had a child before. So I don't want to play with my system in that way. Yeah. And she was like, you know, explained the pros and cons and the uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I said to her, but I just don't want to. So if something happens to my reproductive system and my period doesn't come back, what do we do?
1: Yeah, one of the risks with the depot is um, once you finish the depot, the depot injection, you might have um, your cycle might be delayed to return with, for about 12 months Whilst of all contraceptive methods, as soon as you stop them, your menstrual cycle will return within a month or two. But with the DAPO, it can take up to 12 months for your cycle to return.
0: Is that just because of how, like, how often you've had injections? No, it's,
1: three it's, just,
0: it's the type of progesterone. It
1: just, it's just a long acting um, progestogen. Um, wow. so even after you finish, there just might be elements of the progesterone still lingering about. Um, and it just takes for some reason with that particular progesterone that they use, it just takes a while for your ovaries to just um start ovulating properly.
0: Oh, wow!
1: I mean, it's it's good. I mean, there is the, it will come back. We just say up to 12 months, up to 12. I don't know, months. it just That's
0: seems like well Like, I know we're not talking about contraception, but. 12 months seems like a very long time to wait for it. Yeah, it I can imagine.
2: It is a long time. So for me, so now as I stand, I don't use any contraception.
0: Mm.
1: Um,
2: Because I just feel like my body has had so much from when I was 16, 17. No, 18. From 18 years old. I was, I was using some contraception on and off.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: after I had my surgery at 22, I was then taking it back to back all the time till about 27 so I got to a point where I was like, okay do you know what it's not helping I'm bleeding I'm in a lot of pain mm. I'm just stop and be a bit more holistic with, with my methods
0: and what have you found that has helped
2: um so cutting out dairy has really helped so I don't take cow's milk at all anymore and mm. um, I do have stuff like butter and I have bread now and again but very rarely. I don't Mm -hmm. take sugar in my tea anymore. Um, I used to not eat a lot of red meat at all. I've had it here and there, but I don't eat as much as I used to. So Mm -hmm. kind of more like white meat, more vegetables. Um, And I've seen a difference, like less clots. Um, And it's funny how the body just adapts. I thought I would miss, I do love meat. I'm an African, like I love meat. I can't eat meat. But the difference between having a really painful period it does make that bit of a difference that's um, good in terms of things that I've tried like I think I've drank every herb you can drink for this condition you really? know herbs that have come from Uganda herbs that have come from the Jamaican holistic shop and um, this tea this cinnamon this thing like everything you know my mum will watch YouTube of things that you can make and make it like they don't drink this and I've literally there's nothing I've not drank I don't think to help um, did they help uh, for a point sometimes, sometimes they work but sometimes they're short-term fixes mm. yeah um sometimes they're short term sometimes they do work 100 percent. sometimes i'm like okay i'm taking this thing religiously why is the pain still so excruciating
0: mm-hmm.
2: mm. and like, the way i measure my pain is the pain relief that i take mm, good yeah that's, that's a good way like doing it. if i don't need to take tramadol that cycle then it was a good period well that's like my measure. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. On I that note, to-
1: in regards to pain relief, just a quick one. Do you think anti inflammatories would work? Because,
0: yeah. What, like you ibuprofen?
1: You yeah, like naproxen. Because.
2: So I used to yeah. take them. I did use to take them, but I was still in a lot of pain. Um, okay. So I call like ibuprofen, I call them like sweets because they're like <laughs> sweet for me like yeah. I would take them but they don't do anything um so like my drugs of choice are cocadamol mm. or tramadol well like that's my pool of pain relief there um so if I don't take tramadol I only take cocadamol then it's been a good cycle if I have to take tramadol then it's not been a good cycle because I feel like that's too strong to take every month
0: yeah if not if it's not needed
2: yeah and I've gone to work and taken tramadol sometimes so I sometimes feel like it's too strong and again I feel like my team my guiding team should have done more with me for pain management no one has ever spoken to me about my pain management post-surgery what no one I don't remember anyone having that conversation like how are you managing your pain you know we can refer to pain clinic things like that no that's
0: wow what but then I I I think this is where the difference comes between men and women
2: yeah because
0: people just won't think that that's actually something that means a lot to you
2: yeah because to me I shouldn't be I should not be controlling my managing my own pain myself I should have a plan of some kind
1: yeah legit I'm I'm surprised
2: should always be reviewed because I think I'm thinking the long-term impact of tramadol on my other organs for example Mm -hmm. you know like the liver. And, you know, is that a good idea to keep taking such strong pain relief? And also my worry is if I'm in hospital for anything else and and I'm used to that level of painkiller, whatever they give me has to be as strong as that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it's not going to touch you.
2: Yeah. It would never work. So it's all those kind of different things you kind of have to manoeuvre and work around, Mm -hmm. I would say.
1: i would have really thought they would have at least had a discussion plan in regards to pain management they do that with most surgical procedures so why would a gynae actually on that note as well in regards to my mom having her fibroids removed they didn't talk about um pain management but again the question stands why when it comes to women's conditions and gynecological conditions there's no um follow-up or the same you know follow-up plans. Do mm. you want to know
0: why? Because Women. people they just to some extent don't care. Mm.
1: Yeah. They don't yeah. care about women's problems, you mean? Yeah.
2: So it's true. And I think, you know, this is the reason why we have an awareness month, which is sad, but we need to do it. We need to talk about it. And I and I feel like we need to go into schools and talk about endometriosis yeah. and other body conditions so that girls can understand and decipher between these are normal symptoms of my period and this is normal or this is more than a normal period and I need someone to investigate.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I feel like if we could get to that sooner, you might find that people aren't on the the system longer waiting for treatment because having to prescribe me painkillers every month, having to see me all the time, that costs money. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Whereas if you can listen to me, and look at my symptoms, you know, give me a plan and we work together and we get to a point where, okay, we've got a diagnosis or if we've not got a diagnosis, at least we know we've mm-hmm. done all the different investigations, then you're going to save a lot of people a lot of years of being in pain, you know, for real. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, so I'd say anybody that has any of these symptoms, so like pain in your lower tummy or your back. And like pelvic pain, which usually is exacerbated around your period or just before your period. Um, if you have pain during sex, after sex, definitely listen to your body during sex because yeah, it can hurt like like a bitch. Um mm-hmm. so make sure. Um, pain when you're going to the toilet, number one or number two. If you're really sick, like you know, violently sick, on your cycle, diarrhea, blood in your pee. And lastly, if you're trying to get pregnant, and I think you have to try for up to a year before a GP can refer you to like a gynecologist for further investigation. Um, Yeah. But I would say keep a diary, monitor your symptoms, monitor your diet, and just see how things go. But don't ignore it, don't dismiss it, don't think that this is just how it is. You always had painful periods. You're gonna. That's you know it's life. No, we we deserve to live a life that is not pain free yeah Uh, and I would say just look out on social media for different campaigns different groups you can join for support because even having someone that can relate to you makes you feel so much better you're not alone
0: yeah that I can definitely agree with
2: yeah you know being able to tell someone today was a bad day you know I couldn't walk today someone without the condition will not understand you and even if you don't have a diagnosis your pain is still valid 't have 60%. to have a, you don't have to have a label or a diagnosis in pa- on paper in black and white that says you have this therefore you can feel like this. If you feel it you feel it. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. Wow. this has been very insightful. I have learned a lot.
2: Girl, I mean to like I mean I'm, at, I'm a cheeky plug while I'm here. So if you want to know more I guess about reproductive health, not just any choices but other conditions, Go and follow the re-up platform. So that's got more information about reproductive health. And the plan is, you know, educate women, give them the knowledge, and empower you to take charge of your body, of your feelings, of of you. And just don't be scared to go out there to healthcare professionals and say what you need to say to get what you need, because you pay your taxes, my guy. So you need <laughs> to get what you need. Come here come sir. You know, like, come on.
0: You heard it right here from Diane herself. Trust me. <laughs> but with that all of that being said we're going to move on to our next topic discussion which you've probably seen all over the timelines all over the news everything it is about the teenage girl that has that has been given the alias of child q from a school where she was strip searched because school teachers thought they could smell weed on her however the main outcome of this case is the fact that she was stripped searched. She was stripped searched on her own on her period because she was black.
2: Yeah. So, if we if we if we like dissect the words that were used in the report, so you know they they don't they're not they're not try, they're not even admitting it that we all know that it is. They're all they're saying things like racism was a likely factor.
1: Is this a safeguarding report?
2: Yeah. Okay. This is the one that came from the police, the investigation. Oh. Um, uh, hmm. And they were <laughs> talking about the fact that um, what did they say? And an official investigation into the girl's treatment, published on Monday, concluded that the search in December 2020 was unjustified. Now, what I would say alarms me is there were so many things wrong that happened. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, mind-blowing, but not mind-blowing either, if that makes sense, because I feel like since since 2020, since that's this new decade, we are seeing a lot of things open up about racism in our country. Mm. Um, The brazenness and the confidence that institutions have to be racist. Before you go any further, Dan, even with what you said, the year 2020... We yeah, had
0: things like the protests after George Floyd died, like all these George things were yeah. that year, and it's this still happened.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sorry,
0: carry on. Just what I dropped my two pence in.
2: No, and it's so true. And I think us as healthcare professionals, reading this case, the first thing that came to our mind was safeguarding. You know, instantly.
1: <laughs> and what T N W T F?
2: Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and you know, you put yourself in the position of that young girl, Child Q. How was this ever allowed to go where it went?
1: Legit. How? Just. How? I'm. I, I. Yeah. I'm. I'm so. I'm just speechless about it. And I'm, I'm. I mean, don't get me. The Met. You know, the Met police. I mean, I'm not surprised how the Met police don't have common sense. You know. So. And I'm very shocked they carried this through, but I'm not shocked because it's the Met Police. But for the school
0: to call the police? Ex- really? It's not even that. You call the police, but you didn't call the parent, first of all. That's usually for your first, life. not even usually, that is your first point of call the parent. Because yeah. if if this child was running late on their school dinners or something, you'd be quick to text them that there's no money on their parent pay. Mm, yep.
2: So, yeah, for real. Why um, didn't
1: they let the family know? Especially if the concern was she might be, if say, you know, if, if it was drug related, you would call the parents and be like, "Look, we're concerned there might be a drug related issue with your child." Yeah, for real.
2: Why didn't they call the parents first? There's, there's, there's so much they didn't do. I mean, let's let us let us like undress it. If I was walking down the road, people smoke weed like people smoke cigarettes. Number one. Yeah, yeah. She could have be been on a bus. And someone, was, somebody has sat next to her who smelt of weed. Okay, yeah. She could have been, could have been walking anywhere, right? That doesn't give you the op- that doesn't give you the chance to victimize her and do what they did to her. If you suspect someone, it's a suspicion, not a confirmation. Okay, it's a suspicion. Mm. But this child was tainted and labeled because of the color of her skin, and. To me, in that kind of an establishment where every child should feel safe, parents should feel safe sending their child to school, something has to be done. And not just sacking people. People need to be held account in law.
1: Legit. You know,
2: if this never came to light, light, we would never have known about it. It happened two years ago. Honestly, and the, the
0: part that's shocking me the most is I've seen a lot of TikToks about this, not just about the protests that have come from it, but, like, I've seen black like, people that have made TikToks about it and they're saying, like, this wouldn't happen to one of our own. No.
1: This is the thing. I think there was one MP that said, as a white person, can you imagine this happening yeah. to your white child? And it's true. If you can't imagine it, that, that, that then therefore shows what white privilege is. And it know? just
0: shows you that regardless of what age, black children, male, female... Are always are not, like are not safe. Not even that they're not safe. They're treated as adults because yeah, this girl was strip You wouldn't strip search a child. You wouldn't do that without a, a nominated adult there or the or the the parent or guardian who has whoever has parental responsibility. You wouldn't. So why should this child be treated like an adult when they are a child? You went into a school that caters to children under eighteen. Because that is a child. In, the, in A child is anyone who's under the age of 18 in the law's eyes. But you went into that school, picked this child, and treated this child as an adult.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, but I think, I think these people need to be um, prosecuted for sexual assault, you know, as well. Definitely. It is sexual assault. Because... Definitely agree with
2: you Because, I mean, we've just been talking about endometriosis. You know, this girl was on her period. Right? So she's bleeding actively. She's wearing a pad. You told her to take her clothes off, make her bend over and cough, put the same pad back on. Okay? In a room with people that she doesn't know. I mean, in what world? Can you imagine a white child narrating that story to their parent? In what world? Dan, it's not even that.
0: Would you, as a grown adult, want to do that? Exactly.
2: But this is
1: this is why I get so confused. where is the common sense? How how would anyone think that can be justified? How the hell can you think that can be justified? What? And,
2: and you know what it is when you read it because like now I'm reading what the what her mother said in the safeguarding review. Her mother said that after the strip search, her daughter had been asked to go back into the exam she had been sitting with no teacher asking about her welfare.
0: Imagine after that's happened to you, you think oh, my mind is in the right place to be sitting in a test
2: and, and again and again, it makes you question the motive of, the, of this teacher because if someone's in exam period sitting exams why would you pull them out of their exam to do that
1: and then surely just put you, them back in like surely, no
2: surely you could have waited no surely you could have aired your concerns after the exam if it was so, such an issue surely you could have called her mom during the exam and said i have these concerns can you come in at this
1: time, and it's time to talk about it. Actually, in real talk. Why would they do it during the exam? You're right. Why didn't they do it after? No, there was
2: clearly no thought
0: to this, and at all. The worst part about it is people that not strip oh my God. women. Oh Exactly. We should
1: we know. We should know better. Right. Like,
2: and, and I can't lie to you. This is the reason why, when you're in a position of power, or you hold a professional job, this is why you meet resistance. People lose trust. People lose respect. People look at you and think, right, this person's on a power trip here. For real, they're not gonna want to come to you. Do you? Why do people think the attitudes towards the police are so negative when it comes to people of color? Because we know the bias is already there, even before, even before they start. It's mm-hmm. true. It's true. How will that child ever look at police ever again in a negative or, way?
1: Or an institution, or the education system as well, because yeah, exactly. they they failed her as well. Because, yeah,
0: of- like you said. I'm not sure if it was Clarissa or Dan. One of you said, "A school is supposed to be a safe place. School yeah. is no longer a safe place. So this is what's happening.
1: Imagine, imagine your teachers calling the feds straight. Not even your parents. Not even like, oh no. Nah, and they have
2: no proof. Exactly. Suspect. It's suspicion.
1: So it if was just a bias. It was
0: just because they thought they smelled
1: a bit of weed. That's like, it.
0: Like you said, the key word thought. Imagine yeah. because nothing was imagine. found on her. They thought they smelt
1: it. I'll tell you right now, I'd lose my pin. My child, I'd lose my pin. Of course. I'm sorry. Like, there's
2: nothing. It's such a violation.
1: It, that, that's the word.
2: You know, it's a violation. And that's why anyone who's listening, the outrage is so shared because everybody is violated. We all feel violated on the behalf of Child Q. We feel like it's been done to us. Reading it is like whoa you know we're all now we're all women here on this podcast imagine somebody stripping you on your period what you as a woman
0: not even a child you you know talking about the police and what's
1: been happening with the police and women this year and last year what Sarah Everard and it just makes them all sound perverted even the women do you really think it's a good idea to strip a 15-year-old, under under 16 as well, yeah? Under 18, under 16, a 15-year-old girl in a bloody school. No, nah, what? I just, I can't, sorry. I can't get the words out of my mouth. Like, that's perverted, man.
2: Yeah. How I can mean, you
1: justify and think this is for the job? How can you justify I mean, that?
2: There was no consideration for the humiliation, the trauma. The, the aftermath. Dis- there was no debrief with her to find out, are you okay?
0: That's or, what guilt kills me was, the most.
2: Yeah, because... it was like, this has happened and we've done it. Now go back to being a child again. Like, you violated her and now you want her to supposedly continue to be fine and be safe and be comfortable in school with people that don't trust her. I really hope that
0: she's no longer in that school and she has actually left but i'm not sure if you whoever if you are listening whether you've seen the things that have been posted on social media like the protests that have been happening in the specific school in the borough that this is happening it that this has happened in and just all over because people are outraged yeah black white asian pink blue whatever everybody is
2: outraged i mean to me personally The entire police force needs reform from head to toe. It stinks of racism. It is not there to protect us as people of colour. I don't feel safe if a policeman came towards me. I don't. And I'll say that here. I don't feel safe. I worry about our children going into schools, Mm -hmm. who they're going to be exposed to, those teachers. How much safeguarding do they actually know? How many of them just go to training and sit there and tick that they've done the training, back can actually apply the theory to practice in that school. Clearly, none.
1: Even if they did the training, though, it's just about caring. No one cared.
2: No, they didn't care. They did, but then, but then, what, what? Like I'm saying, what? My, my element of the fact is that safeguarding 101, and you guys completely breached every single part of that. Which exactly. means, as a, as a school, how are they still operating? They couldn't protect yeah. that. One, they couldn't protect that one child. can't protect the rest
0: well let's see what happens now because the case has come out the public now knows we yes this happened what december 2020 it had to be investigated so we can only see from the outcomes and the recommendations we can only see what changes are going to be made sadly it's at the detriment of this poor young girl who has now been self-harming and all sorts exactly It's like, every time I think about it, it really, it's just so upsetting. It makes me angry that in 2022, well, 2020, this is still happening. That one of our own has been picked and pulled and treated as an adult. What it really reminds me of is the, what are they? The Central Park Five.
2: Mm.
0: They were all under, they were all, all apart from one, were under the age of 16. And they were all treated as if they were adults. This is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Like they ruined this girl's life.
1: Legit. Yeah, it's just, it's just disgusting. It's no words for it. It's just disgusting. It's appalling. It's just, you know. No, something has to be done. Like that
0: school needs to be closed. It needs a big shake up. The school needs a shake up. The The Met, we know what the Met needs The school needs a big shake up The head teacher needs to answer for this The safeguarding lead needs to answer for this And the teachers that were pulling her in and out And the one that actually made the Inverted commas disclosure Because There is a racial bias there Oh What kills me is that this is within London One of the most Multicultural cities In the world
2: Exactly. I mean, like we said, you know. So obviously, the inquiry. I think the family are going to sue the local authority. I think is what I've read. But they yeah. are they are going through proceedings, and they have asked people to not reveal this child's identity, not to talk about any identifiable information because people had started doing that, which is a brief, oh really yeah like for example, thing with her, her school, the name of her school, footage of her school being shown. And, of course, all those things are going to lead to people being able to identify her, which we yeah. don't want. Um I
0: understand, so- like, the family don't want anyone to know, but I, all I can say is the clips I've seen that have come from school, those are kings and queens that we are raising. For real. I'm so proud of them. For their own. It doesn't yeah. make it like... I'm not saying it doesn't make it right, but they are speaking out for the things that people are doing that they're trying to sweep under the carpet because this is only one case that we know about. We don't know how many this this may have happened to others. Yeah. It may not have gone to the full extent, but this certainly, like, she is not the first child to go through this.
2: No. And to be honest, she needs to be the last. Yeah. She needs to be the last. And we need more noise to come up about these things. If things happen, we are tired of hearing lessons have been learned. We are tired, tired. of it. We truly regret. Stop doing it. Stop. Tired.
0: Someone Lessons haven't been it. learned and there isn't regret. This is why they keep happening.
1: Just yeah. exactly, just stop doing it. What the hell? It's it's, it's it's we're just we're tired. We're tired of it. You know.
0: <sighs> like even just thinking about it, it's it's got all of our blood boiling again. It's just pure, and like Diane
1: said, the key word is just pure violation. Absolute violation, just absolutely violated her. Yeah. Completely. And for God knows how long. Like, this is definitely a violation. She, she's
0: never going to forget this. No. I just really yeah. hope that she finds some sort of peace and solace out of this. Like, it's easy for me to say, but I don't want this... Like, yes, this is a horrible thing that's happened to her, but I don't want her life to surround this. Mm. I want her to, if anything, use this experience to better her life and show others that, okay, yes, this happened, but I'm not going to let it define who I am. I hope that makes sense.
1: No, 100%. And you just hope something like this
0: it doesn't happen to doesn't, anyone else. It
1: doesn't, yeah, it doesn't impact her in negative ways. Yeah, you know, throughout her life, but then this is the thing that angers me. They've put her in a position where she then now has to pick herself up, she now has to mentally rebuild herself, she now has to deal with this trauma. And you know,
0: like, how dare they put that on a 15 year old girl? Like, you're already going through so much with puberty mm-hmm. yeah. for this to now be on top, like, oh.
1: Taken her youth away You've taken her they youth have. away they've,
0: they've made her an adult Yeah they, they treated her like one She can't get like She's not going to be I don't want to say she's not going to be an innocent child again Well she may never be And yeah. you've treated her like a child in prison
1: Sorry but What to bend over and to cough
0: You do that When you go to prison Like She was in world? school in what world did they think that was okay to do that to a fifteen-year-old girl? Oh, why? Wow, because they thought she was turning sixteen. Like, no, no. What really kills me—I know I said this before—but what really kills me is that it was women. Yeah, you yourself would not want to cough and squat and have someone searching your insides on your period or just in general. So why? Would and you also, do in the world? it's really an not, abuse of power.
1: The, yeah, and also they're not even—I'm not like the strip search was just beyond, but they're not even like a medical professional it could have
0: maybe been a school nurse you know maybe complete strangers though like but then this is the thing school nurses as much as we're based in schools we're not this is not our role
1: yeah no they could no they
0: just the whole the whole setup just everything about it it angers me it really angers me I just think you you know we're all going to watch this unfold now and see what comes from it and yeah. all I can say is, I wish Child Q and her family the best that they can rebuild. They can rebuild from this.
1: Yeah, and I hope, and I hope the community is united on this as well. You know, how can I don't want the I don't want there to be any um, differences in the community. I think Child Q and the family need the community to stand together and to also like represent and talk for them as well.
0: Yeah but i feel like we've come to an end of this week's episode what do you ladies think yeah
1: yeah we'll we'll come, we'll see
0: how child queue unfolds and keep you guys posted as well definitely so as always guys you guys know where to hit us up on our instagram page is at the nursing handover podcast our twitter handle is at the underscore handover and our email address is at The nursing handover at gmail.com. And as always, you know, you can hit us up on our private socials. For me, Jerry, it's at Jellybean with three L's and two A's. For Diane, it's at DD Lutz with a Z at the end. And for Clarissa, it's at Clarissa Ferrara. So until next week, guys, let's see what else happens in the nursing news. But enjoy this lovely weather we're having. Take care, look after yourselves, all that jazz, as always. Have a lovely week. And we'll see you next week. Bye.
2: Take care. Bye.